This is the Value Investor Podcast with Tracy Reinick. All things value, all the time. Welcome back, value investors. I thought I'd get back to basics this week. With the S&P 500 and the Russell 2000 hitting new all-time highs, there's a lot of talk, once again, about valuations. Are there any classic value stocks still out there? Is there is there any value at all, let alone classic? Um, of course, you know the answer to that. Of course there is, but um, I thought I'd take a look at the classic value and kind of see what is going on with it and what we can find. So remember, classic value means screening for the tried and true valuation metrics. And that would be um, a whole bunch of things, actually. So the classic value includes the PE, the PEG ratio, the price to book, and the price to sales. And then I also threw in the price to cash flow in this screen, which kind of mixes things up. So there's five components to the classic value screen. And remember what um, those metrics are. So the PE, I use under 15 to find value. The PEG ratio, just about everybody uses under one for that um, because that is anything under one indicates that it would be undervalued. The price to book is, uh, that can vary. I've seen two, um, I use three to find value there. And then the price to sales is under one as well. And then with the price to cash flow, um, I know some of you wondering, what is that metric? Because I haven't really talked about it much on the podcast. So we're including that because basically cash is hard to fake. For the same reason that I like to include price to sales because sales are hard to fake, cash is hard to fake too, obviously. You either have it on your books or you don't. Also, a lot of people like to use it because it does add in depreciation and amortization, which the PE does not. So the the PE ratio can get kind of skewed because it doesn't include these other things. That's why a lot of people kind of trash it a lot. But if you use PE with some of these other metrics, then it's not as easy to kind of manipulate the data to get what you want because we know that companies can um, mess around with a few things to make sure those earnings turn out the certain way that they want to turn out. But again, a lot harder to do with cash flow or with your sales. So that's why we're going to include the price to over cash flow. Now, what what do you want that to be? What kind of metric do you use for that? And of course, you want it to be just like our other value metrics, the lower, the better. The current price to cash flow for the S&P 500 is 23. That seems pretty high. Um, in 2009, I uh, looked and it was only averaging 10.1. That was, you know, towards the bottom of the market. So that was when it was really cheap on the price to cash flow metric. Now, not so cheap with it up at 23. So Zach's has done various back testing of the ratios and found that for for price to cash flow, those under 10 had the best results on a 10-year time horizon, like a 10-year basis on the back testing. So I'm going to use it for under 10. Now, one other little thing with the price to cash flow, for some of you when you're screening, if you have a more advanced screener, for instance, and not like a just a basic one, because on most of the basic screens, it's only going to give you price to cash flow. Like you'll be able to plug that in, but that's all that it gives you. But if you have a more advanced screener, you can compare it to the median for its industry 
um, because you can search and screen for it by industry because obviously certain industries will have different cash flow metrics than others. And for a company, you might want to compare it to its peers to see if it's really cheap compared to just the peers and not the overall um, screen. So that's just a little tidbit. But for this screen, I just screen for the basics, the price over the cash flow. So again, um, I'm adding all the classic value screens uh, uh, fundamentals in there for this screen and I'm adding the Zach's rank. So here's the criteria I'm running for the screen. I'm adding the Zach's rank of one or two, which are the strong buys and buys. Now remember what that means is should be right now since it's after earnings season, rising earnings estimates. So I do want to get that. I want to get, you know, at least something good in the story. So I'm going with the the blue chips here, the ones or twos. Then I'm going for PE under 15, the peg ratio under one, the price to sales ratio also under one, the price to book ratio under three, and then the price to cash flow under 10. That's a lot of items. I don't remember the last time I ran a screen with this many items in there. I know it's going to be really narrow. Um, just wondering if I'm going to get anything. And when I ran the screen, I did get some. I got 13 stocks. That's it. That's really narrow. But interestingly, there are some really cool companies in those 13 stocks. So I picked five of those to feature today, as I usually do. And um, again, I guess it's just a reminder, just because you have, you do a screen and it gives you very few choices doesn't mean, you know, that it's not a good screen and they aren't good choices. Because remember, these are kind of like the blue chips of the of the value stacks right now, because they got all the classic value fundamentals plus the Zach's rank. So let's get right into what they are. I was kind of surprised, and I'm sure you probably haven't heard of most of these stocks, actually. <laughs> so let's get right in. So the first one is called Arc Best. This is one I had not heard of. It's ticker ARCB. And it was it, it goes way back. It's like its origins were back to 1923, so it's almost 100 years old. It's a logistics company, and what they do is they have less than truckload through their ABF Freight um, brand. They do ground expedite through Panther Premium Logistics. They do household moving under UPAC brand, and they do vehicle maintenance and repair from FleetNet America. They serve both small all the way to large businesses. And in the second quarter, because they have reported earnings, they saw record level of quarterly consolidated revenue um, in their history. So this is not just for Q2, but in all time. And they're, they see a solid freight environment, and they also have tightness in the truckload capacity. So a lot of the transport's doing real well right now because the economy is hot. Now, this has a market cap of just $1.2 billion, which is probably why most of us have never heard of it. So it's a small cap, does pay a dividend with 0.7% yield. But let's take a look at those value fundamentals. So the, its PE is 14.5. It has a PEG ratio of just 0.3. The price to sales is 0.4. And the price to book is just 1.8. And then price to cash flow is 8.7. So you can see everything is well within the range now, these shares are up 29% year to date because they had a big spike in May. I tried to find out, like, eh, were they being acquired? What was happening in May? <laughs> was that just the last earnings report? Um, and I couldn't really tell what was there. And they're not talking about being acquired or anything like that in this last earnings report. So 
Um, got that big spike, but again, still cheap. So if you're looking for transports, logistics side, uh, this might be one to keep on your list. Okay, moving on to second company. Now this one is um, real small, kind of micro cap, I like to call it. It is ISG, it, um, also known as Information Services Group, but the ticker is not ISG, so it's a little fake out. The ticker is III, so triple I's. So kind of easy to remember, but it's not ISG. It's a leading global tech research and advisory firm. They have 700 global clients, and they specialize in digital transformation services, including automation, cloud, and data analytics. So we all know those are kind of the keywords, especially when you hear cloud in there. But as I said, this is a micro cap with a market cap of just $191 million, does not have a dividend, and best of some of you, best of all worlds, it's a stock under $5. <laughs> it's trading at like four $4.20 or so. Um, it's really choppy these these shares because it is a small cap. They're only up 3.4% year-to-date, these shares, and they have not broken out over $5 in a while. So it's kind of trading in that range. So you got to kind of watch out with that with some of these micro caps. But in their second quarter, they saw a record second quarter revenue up 4% to just $71 million. And first half revenue is also up 4% to $139 million. They reaffirmed full-year revs, so we got that. And a few other little tidbits, their digital revenue is 40% of total revenues now. So if you want like kind of a digital play, this one's kind of interesting. But let's take a look at the value fundamentals. PE is just 11.2. The PEG is at 0.8. The price-to-sales ratio is 0.7. Price to book is 2.7 and price to cash flow is 8.9. So everything is, again, well within the range, which it should be because that's why we're screening for it. But all the value metrics are really cheap at this time. Okay, let's switch over to retail. I was kind of surprised to see a retailer on here because a lot of those have been bid up. But this is a woman's specialty retailer, J. Jill. They just reported earnings uh, right when I'm re recording this podcast so some of their estimates and things may be changing. And shares were down 10% on that earnings report, but um, it was pretty good earnings report. So the ticker here is Jill, J-I-L-L. -L. You can find J. Jill's in a lot of malls. That's why a lot of people were kind of worried about it. It only went IPO a short time ago. Some people worried about that too. Why go IPO with so much problems in retail right now? But this is one of the stronger women's apparel brands. And they've been making a transition to more online sales. So a few things that might have been concerning and why the shares dropped after the earnings report. So while comparable store sales were decent, they were up 2.2. Um, for Q3, they saw sales forecast to decline 2 to 4%. So you don't really want to see same-store sales declining. And um, so some people probably a little worried about that. But direct-to-consumer, that's where they've been having a little bit of problems. They're trying to fix their infrastructure with that. But it was 40.9% of the total this, this quarter, and that is down a little bit from 2017, which was 43%. Gross margins also down a little bit as they're investing a little bit more in the business. So people didn't want to see that either. So... I think that's one of the reasons this is one of the cheaper retailers right here. But you, as a value investor, taking a little bit longer term outlook than just like one quarter or two quarters. And you have to know your brands. So if you're a fan of the J. Jill brand, this might be one to watch. 
the market cap here is about 300 million. So it is pretty small market cap, no dividend. Let's look at those value fundamentals. So the P is just 9.8 right now. So it's under 10, real cheap there. The peg is 0.9. Price to sales is 0.5. Price to book is 1.8. And price to cash flow is about 4.7. So it's pretty cheap, like I said, as a retailer. And if you're willing to wait out some of the ups and downs in retail, then this might be one, again, to keep on your short list. So let's switch over to the solar industry. Now, I've been avoiding the solars pretty much on most of these podcasts because it's been in chaos for so long. But let's talk about one. This is Jinko Solar. Um, that ticker is JKS. They are Chinese. Now, that's a lot of issues because they even said in this the second quarter earnings report that despite new policies issued by the Chinese government on May 31st, they're still growing. So I don't really like companies where you're dependent on what's going on with the government and um, maybe even, you know, the tariffs and the trade issues are going on. So that's why a lot of the solar stocks have been hammered and why a lot of them are cheap. But in the second quarter, they did see a strong quarter with, um, a high revenue amount. So they do have some good fundamentals here. Market cap is almost 500 million. So not real small, not real huge. No dividend though for your troubles. And look at those year to date. The shares are down 50% just year to date. They're treading near the 52 week lows um, around $12.50 here. And they're near the five-year lows because of everything that's going on with the tariffs and the trade issues and all of this and solar getting hit. But let's take a look at those fundamentals. PE is 5.2. So yes, very cheap. PEG is 0.5. Price to sales is 0.1. Price to book is 0.3. And price to cash flow is just 3.4. So basically... The street is saying we don't care about solar and it's super cheap, but we're running away. But again, for value investors, sometimes that's when we run in. So this is just one to keep in mind and take a look around at the solar industry. You might be surprised what you see, but seems like you're going to have to have a really strong stomach here with those shares really getting hammered. Okay, our fifth stock also has some issues with trade and tariffs, I'm afraid, but um, it's also interesting. It's called Rainier Advanced Materials. The ticker is R-Y-A-M. That's R-Y-A-M. And it makes high-purity cellulose, paperboard, lumber, newsprint, and high-yield pulp. It's been in business 90 years. Now, I know when I first saw this company go through the screen and then I looked it up to see what it is that they do, I was like, uh-oh, lumber, paper, pulp, like that's no, no runaway, just like solar. I don't want to be in that because lumber prices are at historic highs. And then you have the trade tariff issues. So it's like a double whammy or triple whammy of things going on. But second quarter, they saw strong performance in pulp and forest products. So what they said about forest products in their guidance was, um, this is a quote here, lumber prices are expected to decline from recent historical high prices, but profitability is anticipated to remain favorable as solid demand from the U.S. housing market is expected to continue. So 
we've had a couple home builders reporting um, towards the end of earnings season here, including Toll Brothers, and it's still really hot. Toll is on the luxury side, but they are building, um, you know, quite a few homes and their numbers are really good. So they're still going to buy the lumber. They're still going to be building. This company's also saying similar thing. Now, they did talk about duties on lumber sales, and they did say that's supposed to affect 50% of the company's sales in that segment. So that is one of the issues why the stock is probably cheap right now. And in pulp, the high-yield pulp prices are expected to remain along with the strong demand. So that's a positive, too. So those were their strong performances, pulp and forest products. Now, these shares had been down 20% in early summer when the trade tariff thing was really heating up. Everybody was fleeing out of everything having to do with lumber. And the shares have come back, but they're still, um, you know, it's still in the cheap zone here. They're up 5% now year to date and off those June lows. So let's take a look at some of its fundamentals. So this has a market cap of $1.1 billion, so small but not micro cap. And um, PE is just 9.7. The peg is 0.5. Price to sales is 0.7. Price to book is just 1.5. And price to cash flow is 5.4. This one also pays a dividend. They have been reinvesting back into the shareholders. It yields 1.3%. So you are getting something for your patience here. Um, But like I said, there's a lot going on there. So as you can see, when a stock is cheap across all metrics, there may be a reason. Several of these, I was like, well, watch out for this, or oh, the market's nervous about that. So there's an element of risk in all of these. And that's pretty common with most value stocks, because let's be frank, if it's a value, there is a reason. There's a reason Wall Street's ignoring it, and everybody else is running away from it, and nobody wants to get in there. So Value investors, we kind of have to have a little bit stronger stomach and go in there when other people are fleeing. And remember, this is, um, you know, these five companies, we have one Chinese company in there. So we have tariff issues with that. We have the lumber guys, tariffs and historic high prices. Retail, we know what's kind of going on with that, even though it's rebounded and looks a lot better. Still some doubts and, and dubiousness. We have a couple micro caps out of these five. We have one of them trading at under $5. So um, a lot going on. And it turns out, even though I didn't screen for this, that all five of these companies are small caps. So a little more risk in the small caps. There's a little less information out there. There's fewer analysts covering them. It's harder to find out what's going on. They might only report um, or let you know as a shareholder anything that's happening once, uh, you know, just at the quarterly earnings report. There will be nothing else for, throughout the rest of the quarter. Um, again, we have a Chinese company in here that's even harder to find information on. So none of this should be surprising, really. And I'm not really surprised that the cheapest stocks out there are on the small cap side because the large caps have been outperforming for a while now, well over a year. And so the street is ignoring some of these small caps and that's where our ideas are going to come from. So these are just a few ideas for value investors right now. These are the ones with the classic fundamentals. This is the most narrow of screens. But this is also the ones that are pure play value stocks. So I'm still finding them, and you can too. Of course, you got to tune into the Value Investor Podcast every week because we will search out for these things, and you can get some good ideas here. But let's recap those stocks again. So we had ARC Best. 
That's ticker ARCB. We had ISG, which is ticker III. J Jill is just Jill, J I L L. Jinko Solar is JKS. And then Ryanair, um, am I saying that right? It sounds like kind of French. Ryanair, maybe? They'll, they'll, someone will tweet at me and tell me how it is. It's R Y A M is the ticker there. And be sure to subscribe on one of our platforms so that you don't miss a single episode. We, of course, are on SoundCloud, and I know many of you are subscribing over there. You're going to get two for one, though. you got to find us under the Market Edge. Look for Zach's Market Edge over there when you're going to subscribe. And if you want just the standalone, you can get that on Apple Podcasts under the Value Investor Podcast, of course, and also on Spotify under the same name. So be sure to get us somewhere so you don't miss an episode. And I'll be back again next week with some more value stocks.